Hello everyone and welcome back to the Earth Bodies podcast. I'm Katie, one of the founding members of Earth Bodies. If this is your first time here, it's great to meet you. We are a group of five female artists based in Bristol who are passionate about demystifying the art world and initiating new conversations based on our own experiences. If you've tuned in before, welcome back and thanks so much for being here. Today's episode will feature two of the other founding members of our group. Hello, I'm Esme, and you can find my art on at etartfart on Instagram. I'm Tasha, you can find my Instagram at underscore s-w-e-e-e-t dot art. We will be exploring ideas of how art can be more intentional and environmentally sustainable through the materials we use and the ways in which we create. Lots of materials, such as paint, are extremely harmful to the people who find and make them, to the planet and the way we dispose of them. We will go into this in more detail in the next episode, which will be released next Tuesday. For now, we'll be talking about our own experiences with educating ourselves on this topic and finding new ways of creating. Let's get into the episode. Before we start, I'd just like to emphasise that although sustainability can be quite an exclusive and expensive topic, Uh, to get into we really believe that making more eco-conscious art can be done very inexpensively and often cheaper by being resourceful and innovative with your ideas anyway um how have you both been bringing sustainability into your own practices recently well it's quite interesting because we're both primarily painters um so Mm. i'm sure we'll have similar but possibly also very Mm. quite different ways Mm. that we've gone about doing this a little while ago I was doing I was finding furniture around the streets of Bristol mainly chairs I had quite a lot of chairs (laughs) and I was taking them in and painting onto them and taking them from being you know sad worn out thrown out chairs to brightly coloured exciting you know bits of art which is also usable art you know Mm. people can sit on them and enjoy that's interesting actually I think we've got quite a similar practice in that we both like using things from our surroundings which um as it happens is quite a kind of sustainable mindset because Mm -hmm. obviously it's reusing materials that have already been produced um I well at the start of university I was creating a lot of work that was mixed media but also using a lot of just random bits and bobs that I've found from all over the place in the in a kind of installation mindset but also in a kind of way that it kind of produces a more textured kind of piece or mm-hmm. yeah more like things like put like pasting your your paintings rather than just being on a normal canvas onto like yeah yeah definitely and and just using bits of things like receipts like bottles cans mm. um you had a shower at cardboard yeah i did yeah. an installation piece with a whole basin of a shower mm. and like a disused rail curtain and like things like that and i think it's really interesting to integrate things that have already had a use into our mm. work because and even though like it is it's good on the uh sustainable eco-friendly front it's also interesting because it gives your work a bit more of a breath of life I think often yeah yeah because I think I I haven't bought any canvases or new material for quite a long time actually but I think like when I used to do that quite a while ago when I was starting up my like um 
painting practice I often used to find painting on new canvases quite like boring and daunting because they're quite a kind of blank canvas obviously (laughs) but it's like they they don't really have very much kind of going for them yeah personality exactly it's definitely better to reuse the canvases you already have oh, as well mm, definitely. you've got like lots of nice bumpy layers yeah and, like, it gives it textures. a lot more texture yeah yeah i'm yeah. not really like i quite like i can't get annoyed by like even using canvas now just because like having that one set texture that creates like a background that is set for, like too, all your paintings yeah. it's quite restrictive yeah. in the way you approach definitely it. I, I like i found a, a bathtub Oh, I think last winter perhaps mm, yeah. and I kept it in the street but I'd painted onto it and like put some nice inspirational quotes and yeah, things yeah. like that on it but left it in the community and it was a piece which interactive public art yeah that's what it becomes and it was perhaps not the most sustainable thing I could have done mm. but it was definitely something to learn from I think it definitely makes use of lots of kind of toxic uh, societal behaviours like fly tipping for example yeah. there is a lot of fly tipping around Bristol, Bristol and I think yeah. yeah exactly and as an artist I don't yeah, I don't really you know as a student especially I don't have the funds to buy all the materials that I would like to be buying mm. to create big pieces but you can find all sorts of things all over the place mm-hmm. for free and it not only does it you know save yourself a lot of expense and effort trying mm. to get hold of these things but it also mm. you know it repurposes a lot of rubbish mm. that otherwise would just go into landfill yeah. when the skips it's great There's oh like, yeah you know whether people would buy these big like a3 prints mm. but no photographs i've got like loads i've of got loads backs. of them yeah like, like big yeah not, not necessarily cardboard it's like it's like mdf board yeah yeah, yeah and that's like it's brilliant yeah, for it's on. free yeah like, it was found and if you skip. yeah exactly and if you go to b&q that costs like so quite a bit yeah exactly yeah even just like if you don't have a lot of like skips nearby you like there's always like a dump you can go to and go investigate and find things or there's so yeah. many like facebook groups that like you know people always yeah. away things wherever that, you live or like that's a really good point like actually because i think yeah in some ways it's been quite good that we've had to adapt to do this because we are students and we don't have much money to buy materials but i thought yeah. so it thinks it gives like a much more depth and like context to our practices it's something I've thought about quite a lot actually thinking about what kind of thought processes and creative processes like more professional artists go through because it must be completely different being able to afford like Mm -hmm. multi-million kind of pounds um, expensive materials to create whatever you know if you have the most extravagant ideas just being able to purchase things to be able to buy it is well it's a lot easier for you but also it must take away some of the kind of fun mm. of having to adapt your idea and kind of work around the, yeah. the constructs of like finding things and kind of adapting to that you don't like have to try as hard in a way do you whereas I think with Mm. what we're doing that you are intentional like what actually is like the key concept behind my idea what material do I need if I can't find that does it have to be canvas does that actually help the meaning in any way we have to like delve a bit deeper into what ideas actually are and like what the purposes I guess I think I also think we've all um kind of moved a bit more into 
becoming interested in making like temporary works or natural works I think as well so like um like creative works which are outside this is this becomes quite an, an accessible thing for people who aren't necessarily into art perhaps mm. like these people are able to find uh, sculptures in urban areas in cities but also in the forest like there's people that do these ephemeral sculptures yeah yeah just created out of like twigs there's loads of different land artists out there but it's it's really lovely being able to kind of stumble upon a natural artwork just out and about and knowing that it's it will most probably just biodegrade and Mm -hmm. dissolve in a matter of months but just the kind of ephemerality of it it really kind of gives it something extra I think which is really nice like being able Um, to see it at different times of its like growth yeah exactly yeah kind of like a cycle I think and how that can kind of um that can become like community in itself because you often see people adding onto things that are already there too yeah and it takes away sort of the hierarchy of an artist being like you know someone with a great idea that's like in the white booth yeah exactly yeah I think the white cube can be very like uh, as people are realizing more and more very restrictive in that sense that people are trying to make it a bit more interactive or playful now but that by being in a gallery setting it will inhibits people from doing that even just by not feeling like they don't feel comfortable or playful or in like their own setting to do that I think um like gallery spaces for having art is in itself quite a kind of exclusive kind of nature because not very many people that aren't already introduced to um the arts as an industry really tend to go to um art institutions Mm -hmm. and galleries and things so it's quite a kind of elitist uh mindset and i think having art that interacts with people outside of those Mm -hmm. very kind of restrictive confines Mm -hmm. is something that is really important in society. Yeah. So there's this artist which um, I very much enjoyed since finding out about him. He's called Andy Goldsworthy, mm. and he creates these incredible, like very simplistic, actually, mm-hmm. often looking at patterns, um, like very linear and very like circular. And he'll just be using um, like the twigs or ice or stones or leaves and just. Mm creating beautiful pattern pieces in nature and it's mm. oh it's just it's so lovely to see mm. so so lovely yeah. to see they're very um very organic kind of shapes and um the way that he creates uh, pieces are quite kind of i don't know patternistic yeah like very, you were saying, very mandala kind of yeah and it just it kind of emphasizes just the beauty of nature yeah definitely yeah. and that there, yeah. there doesn't always need to be a wider concept either just looking yeah. at nature nature yeah, yeah is enough and of course his practice is sustainable because it's mm. just using mm-hmm. that's already there yeah, yeah exactly yeah. just like an interact intentional like interaction with the landscape yeah, exactly. isn't it mm-hmm. i think um like similarly like anna mendieta does like a very similar thing yet yeah, but like she has um a completely different concept behind the work and i think that's like quite interesting because it's really nice to like you know it's really important to make environmentally sustainable work but also like it doesn't have to be intrinsically linked like that doesn't it can be the meaning behind it but also it doesn't have to be and we don't have to you know you can make art that's not about like 
being sustainable but it's still very important for it to be and like her oh, yeah. often about um like um being disconnected from like where she was originally from yeah. and being in this yeah. new land and yeah being displaced displaced that's the word really... i'm looking for mm. and like sort of searching back for this return but also just a return to like like pre-birth like childhood or yeah. like mother yeah. nature like also very mm. like um what's the word like basic human need like needs or feelings yeah instinctual primal yeah that's a really it even relates back to things like um like cave art and Mm -hmm. like um wall paintings and things which Mm -hmm. obviously is communication yeah it is which is essentially what art is as well actually it's communication of thoughts and ideas yeah to to a wider audience yeah so it's quite nice that art's almost going in a cycle because i do feel Mm -hmm. like with sustainability being something which is not not at the head of people's thoughts but it's no but it's definitely getting there i think 100 percent. yeah doing more performance or dance works like creating things that are temporary that you can record like i know you do quite a lot of dance work i suppose yeah i was gonna say yeah Yeah. i've been doing um some like movement pieces like like fluid movement and also i've been having these ideas about like doing workshops with people like like kind of leading yeah like leading something to kind of get people to be inside their bodies to like have their minds nowhere else than other than the space which we're all in together um and kind of doing something where you're moving freely and you have no restrictions and you have no anxiety and and having it be a very healing thing like for yeah. me, my art practice, it's very important that it's it's healing because for me it has it's helped me a lot um solve traumas that i've been through and traumas that my family have been mm. through yeah and so i kind of feel like i owe it to of uh, like everyone else as well to be mm-hmm. able to experience this um, I was just going to say it's a great way of like collaborating with with other people as well. Um, unspoken connections, like mm, unspoken communication. Yeah, yeah, magical thing to be able to experience. I think that'd be such a beautiful workshop, and also just like because you've had like a, quite a big dance background, haven't you? As much like as I know, like giving that to people who maybe haven't, and also I think a lot of people who haven't had like a background of maybe sport or dance or theatre or something aren't confident mm. in moving in their bodies or in that space. So I think that would be very, very valuable. So I thought it would be really helpful if we could hear a bit about like the challenges either of you have been facing recently with making your own work more eco-conscious. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I mean, I think it's important to point out that making your practice sustainable isn't a smooth journey, especially mm-hmm. if you're already interested in certain aspects of art that are intrinsically quite toxic like I mean mm-hmm. damaging exactly my main interest at the moment is doing large-scale murals and that obviously is not a very uh, sustainable practice but I think it's important to put, I mean there are certain ways that you can make that more sustainable like for example you can buy uh, water-based um, spray paints now but mm-hmm. they are quite uh, you have to order them and also they are very expensive so that makes it quite um, hard to get hold of but I mean getting all of your materials for example big pots of paint and stuff from, donate, from, from donations so buying it from there's quite mm. a few stores around Bristol called for example scrap store or restore which actually 
get lots of donation paints from loads of different companies and they sell them to you for an extremely reduced price and mm. it means you can get lots and lots of <laughs> you can get loads of different colors and all kinds of quantities of paint but it means you don't have to buy them new and it means that you're wasting a lot of resources for that yeah. which I think is really important and also just being very innovative like we said and making use of the things that are around you like I haven't bought any new paints or new brushes or materials for quite a long time because you just don't need to you can either reuse the ones that you've got or repurpose different things like I don't know sponges or bits of fabric or like other kind of household items around or you can get them secondhand from places which is a lot more sustainable than buying things yeah um you know made exactly yeah. brand new. I, I feel like um something which would perhaps be the wrong thing to do when trying to make your practice more sustainable is to just chuck away material which oh, isn't sustainable yeah. so Deciding like oh my god I can't be a painter anymore so I'm going to chuck away all my paints like mm -hmm. that is very unsustainable to do yeah, so, so it's, it's quite like important it's, it's not good for, like you know you spent that money like you know it's okay like not being so harsh on yourself as well but like we're all Definitely. learning we're all human exactly we're all learning yeah. we're all I think that's a really important point that I think everybody on this podcast is really open to suggestions of how we can make our practice more sustainable mm -hmm. uh, from now mm. and really eager to learn about new ways but it doesn't mean that what you're doing so far is wrong like mm -hmm. it's in the everyday kind of it's like recycling in the everyday gestures you know yeah. it's in the bits and bobs that the you little do, bits you do exactly. well, that kind of, yeah, yeah like not being embarrassed up. about what you've you know come from or done already like or you know being mm -hmm. like oh, I've got my website I can't show anyone the works I've done that like now mm -hmm. don't fit what these or so what I make it's like it's showing the progress of what mm -hmm. you've done over your journey yeah exactly yeah I've been currently um because my work seems to be quite uh philosophical anyway and it's it's kind of a lot of it looks at um the divine we all have within us us all being like these magical beings and seeing how our life for like the life energy we have is not just within humans it's within all these animals and plants and I'd been painting this I'd been like trying to express this energy that I strongly feel and I I like I'd like to think that uh, other people seeing the energy would perhaps allow people to feel empathy for these animals and for the planet and for this that and the other um but I'm currently trying to step away from painting so mm. much and put this like put my ideas into sketches and diagrams mm. as a way of um presenting my message rather than mm. strictly painting yeah I was strictly a painter for a bit and yeah Although this is good, I think it's it's also quite nice to experiment and express yourself in different Definitely. mediums, which are which are a bit more sustainable, Less detrimental. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think especially if it is quite heavily philosophical or conceptually based. I mean, conceptual art as a whole is a lot more sustainable than a, a practice that relies very heavily on having a very big kind of physical outcome mm. to it mm -hmm. so i think that's also a, a point to go towards mm. 
also I've been doing a lot more photography as well yeah which yeah. um again I think so a nice way to be presenting things and I know Katie you've been doing um some photography and making like digital collages which have been looking incredible mm. oh thank you yeah I feel like photography is quite a good way isn't it of just like um and then you know when you do have pictures you can you can make digital collages rather than like printing all this stuff out or I guess another way as well yeah. would be like um collaging for materials that are already out there rather than being like yeah. this is what I'm looking to make it is also more experimental as well I also found like I've always done quite a lot of painting as well and I think started off doing really big works and I think just realizing that you can work on small scale working on a big scale doesn't mean it's you know a more impactful painting for people or yeah. like a better painting Definitely. like mm. there was like lots of beauty in doing smaller things and being textures like um you know like we were talking about Anna Mendieta an artist who do like um small scale earthworks as opposed to like that um generation of artists that did this land art that wasn't about like interacting with the art like the land intentionally like Robert Smithson but just like building mm. something that was sort of like bigger than nature and wasn't yeah like, actually yeah. sustainable bigger than life mm. yeah I was thinking mm. like there's a lot of um like I've experimented a bit with sort of making my own natural paints and I've seen quite a lot of artists recently like collecting stuff yeah. like, local pigments because then you know you can make something that's made up of the colours of like the area that you're in or yeah um, yeah there's a really good shop in Bristol called Bristol Fine Art which has some amazing like natural paints that aren't like much more expensive or like the same price mm. as like some paints and they have like yeah. some beautiful like ochres and just like rocks that you can just like mm. draw with and I think it also makes you more um, intentional what you're doing again because you see yeah. the process and like you see how long it takes. You're a bit more like careful with why you're making things yeah. and how much paint yeah, you're using. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I think when things like medium, like paint, for example, is so readily available, it does mm -hmm. mean you don't really think too much about the process, and you can be you can become quite flippant with using yeah. it. And I think um, kind of reconnecting with the whole process of creating pigments is actually a really lovely way to kind of bring sustainability into your work but also bring the bring I don't know ground yourself a little bit more yeah um, and come to terms with the kind of the history of creating um pigments for paints and well, stuff it becomes a bit more ritualistic as well yeah definitely yeah um, and having like this level of intent in what you're doing yeah. i think is something which severely lacks in our current society oh, the definitely. way that we act like mm -hmm. we i think we go through our days without actually thinking about what we're doing and having like being completely mindless mm. yeah whereas the more mindful you are i feel like the, the healthier you end up being for yourself and for the planet. yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. I think it's similar like you know with making your own like handmade dyes or inks or like you can even make like willow charcoal because like you can get multiple types yeah. of charcoal but like it's you can buy willow charcoal as well but also it's really easy to make yourself and like I guess yeah, it's kind just... of like you know cooking with like growing your own vegetables yeah no, exactly <laughs> or restyling your clothes which is something I've also yeah. been doing just like it kind of gives yourself a lot more purpose rather than I think well the fashion industry is a very uh very yeah, toxic, very toxic yeah. for the planet and i think um people getting more in touch with their own kind of creative side in things like clothing i think it's a really it's a really lovely way to kind of 
be more conscious about the kind of the materials that mm. you're using because mm-hmm. um it's just yeah and it also means that you can put your own personal yeah, kind of definitely. spin on it yeah, and you it makes it, you yeah and it makes it a lot it makes your fashion a lot more kind of personal and creative mm. I think yeah but, I think a lot of people forget like you know when you're buying lots of things especially like you can buy second hand as well but like when you're buying all this stuff and putting it together obviously you know the way you put that together is personal mm. but it's so much more like personal if you can like add in you know things that you've created yourself yeah. you are still yeah. like creating within a boundary I thought also it might be interesting to maybe talk a bit about um can the impact of a, of the work like sometimes outweigh like the waste like if you made something that wasn't very ethical but if it had a huge mm. like um like ethically made I guess if it had like a huge impact on maybe the state of the environment or the climate crisis is that still relevant or are we past that stage now yeah. do we need to it'd be great to hear your opinions you would you would think that most people would be aware enough of the fact mm. that we need to be more sustainable more eco-conscious um I know you were saying it uh, before about this the artist who took these massive blocks of ice from the arctic and put them outside of mm. of an art gallery and just let them melt and mm. uh it was a lafia elysium yeah. yeah 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 and so was that to raise like to bring awareness to to it, this yeah it obviously brought quite a kind of stark awareness and left quite an impression on quite a few people because i read lots of articles about it at the time yeah i think also it is a bit of a it's unnecessary hypothetical stance, I think. And it's a, a bit of a cheap way out of doing, is it just like a quick, easy like way of doing something rather yeah. than really like going, how can I illustrate this idea? Yeah. Whereas the fact should be enough to shock the population, mm-hmm. I think. I feel like if you just had the facts written out. Yeah, but I think a lot of people are a lot more emotionally um triggered or kind of impacted by physical tangible things rather yeah. than specific. Yeah. So, like desensitized to media. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is unfortunate, so but it's just the way things are. And I think I don't know yeah. if making grand gestures, which are possibly quite detrimental to the the planet, if that is a justified way of kind of getting people's attention to kind of snap out of being so wasteful but I don't mm-hmm. on the other hand it might actually be better to be promoting the good in the world and looking at the positives yeah and yeah that building on these rather than looking at the negatives and thinking okay we must change mm-hmm. but looking at how we could be and going deeper into that um, yeah yeah that's the thing I think a lot of the um like eco responses at the moment are very nihilistic which are which is a very justified point of view because i think you know (laughs) climate change is real and it is having a very awful effect on the planet but also in my experience and speaking to a lot of people i think it makes everyone quite feel very kind of hopeless and Mm. not really as if they're able to change anything because they're not seeing any of the good that has come out of it or any of the change and it also kind of I think gives people a way out and go oh well you know everything's ruined anyway I don't need to bother and if everyone's in that mindset then of course we're going to be like that 
even yeah. if things you know exactly. did go really badly it's still you know it's still worth having like tried uh, was there any other points that you wanted to talk about or um any projects maybe that you'd want to highlight that you learned a lot from recently or ways going forward you'd like to learn about i'm just i'm getting really excited about creating and being part of the zine that we're going to be making with earth bodies definitely yeah because it's going to be collating everyone's different ideas of how you can be more sustainable and that's the thing yeah i mean on the point of making point about eco-friendly art and sustainability and showing it in a more positive light i think that is going to be a really good way to do it for the scene because i Mm -hmm. think even just having shown you know local artist work and kind of showing having a resources page for example Mm. of those different local creatives that have so many different projects going on that are Mm -hmm. involved in sustainability it really encourages people to feel kind of positive and uplifted about it and as if they can it encourages people to know that they can do the same exactly i think that's really important and hopefully anybody who sees the zine will be able to connect to hopefully all of these ways yeah yeah i think it's really nice for us to know that we felt like it was a really big topic that needs to be talked about and we didn't see like personally that much going on and so to know that oh well i'd like to get involved this is something a lot of people may be working at on a more personal level and Mm. being able to yeah bring people together also it's it goes hand in hand with a sustainable practice i think bringing Mm. a more community aspect to art and it being less about the individual and more about everyone as a whole like you said with the zine in a different format because like with it like you know it's great to talk about this on a podcast but also like a visual way will stimulate people's ideas in a different way and by the time this podcast comes out it will be coming out in about a week or two which is exciting anyway um thanks so much for listening i hope we've given you some ideas and techniques that you can research a little bit deeper in your own time and maybe incorporate into your art practice if you've enjoyed this episode it'd be amazing if you could subscribe and stay up to date on our social media in our next episode which are released every tuesday we'll be exploring what sustainability in the art world could look like we'll be talking about how we think the way the contemporary art world is currently structured and run isn't environmentally sustainable and we'll be initiating discussion about how it could change and highlighting artists who are making a difference have a great week and see you soon bye